Welcome back. Good to have you. Bill Michael Show, hour number two. Dos. Hanging out with you today. The uh, the update on the poll question. With uh, We're closing in on 300 votes at this point. In a matter of about 25 minutes, uh, the question is, do you want to keep Aaron Rodgers or do you want to trade Aaron Rodgers? You know my opinion. I'm keeping him. But uh, I was challenged by a young man of 70 years of age up in Door County to say, ask the people, because he believes the majority just want to get rid of them because they're tired of it. So far, he's correct. 73.7% say trade him. 26.3% say keep them. Like I said, we're closing in on 300 votes. So there you go. Um, I still believe, as I've stated over and over again, uh, I, he's going to be a Packer. They're going to put a couple pieces around him. They're going to try to run it back. You get Rashawn Gary back, your offensive line coming back, a year removed from the knee injury from Elton Jenkins. David Bakhtiari will be coming back healthy, so your offensive line is that much better. Uh, you may, you know, lose a couple of guys along the way. Uh, hopefully you get to upgrade the tight end position, add another wide receiver, and then add depth on the defensive front. And you, if you can run it back, you should be pretty good to go. It, I, I just believe there can be different results. A healthy Rodgers, non-broken thumb, recommitted in the offseason. I'm, I'm all in, man. I'm all in. Because at this point, it's just like, Aaron, there you go. Legacy, man. Go get it. Go get it. See what happens. So there you have it. That's that's just uh, that's just me. I know all the numbers. I I I know all the. I, I've I've broken it down. Um, I understand all of that. The cap hits, and I've gotten it explained to me a bunch of times from people who are capologists. So we talked about it with Andrew Brandt, who understands the contract. Even though it's very complicated, I don't think the average person necessarily, I don't get it, so I don't think the average person necessarily fully gets it, but there was a great breakdown in CBS uh, from uh, an agent who understands the contract. So it's $40.3 million if you trade them away after June 1st, of which then you can divide that money up over a couple of years. And that's it. There you go. So I get it all. I understand all the ramifications. So you don't have to keep sending me all the information on it. I get it. But now the question is, what would you do? That's it. That's it. Uh, 877-867-1670. The uh, Jay Qual says, I hate when people say, I remember the 80s because all I can remember is the last three seasons ending in choke jobs at Lambeau. Okay. Jay Qualls, which is fine with you. That's fine. I remember teams that didn't even have winning records consistently. I remember bad defense. I remember Lynn Dickey getting the hell beat out of him. Um, I, I remember all of that. If that's all you remember, then you've been pretty blessed, dude. You re- So, in other words, you remember a choke job at an NFC championship game. You remember a choke job coming in as the number one overall seed. And then you remember a season of mayhem in which they failed to beat the lions at the end of the season. That's what your that's what your remembrance is. Now think about a team that was out of it by November. A team that was fighting for possibly a playoff spot, but they couldn't even get to eight wins 
on a consistent basis. A team that had so many holes, so many misses and drafts. So if that's all you believe, uh, by the way, people saying, uh, what do you think about him going to San Francisco? They need a quarterback. Nope. Then there's no, let me, let me stop the, there. They're not trading him into the NFC. Even if the trade does become imminent, Rogers has a no, he does not have a no trade clause and there's no way they're going to put him in the NFC. None. Unless somebody falls on their head and says, Hey, we'll give you four ones, you know, otherwise it's not happening. There's no way I would do that. Ain't happening. So take that out of the equation. He's not going back to San Fran. And there's no way Shanahan is going to call up Matt LaFleur and say, hey, I'm taking your guy. Sala, maybe. You know, if, if that becomes the best because they do have some draft capital and they do have money and space and such. But no. Uh, in, in New York. But no. Other than that, no. Stop. Stop, 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 stop. Not happening. 877-867-1670. If you want to hit us up, do it. Again, you can find me on, on Twitter, at Bill underscore Michaels, at Bill underscore Michaels. Give us a shout. Look at Pat McAfee. He just sent out a tweet. It says, hello, beautiful people. And in capital letters, it is Aaron Rodgers Tuesday. I think Pat McAfee's got a hell of a show. I think he does some really good work, and I think it's fun to listen to. But, Ben, you tell me, if Pat McAfee didn't have Aaron Rodgers on the weekly, how big would his show be? Would it still be huge? I think it still would be huge, but I would it be as big? As big, no. The, the numbers are ridiculous. And I, he's yeah. quoted everywhere. Like, that's the one place Rodgers speaks. I will say, right. though, he does tweet that out, I think, every day with a different sentence. He has okay. like a, an overreaction Monday or I see the okay. tweets. I know what you're talking about, but it's not just today that he's done that. No, no, no. I agree Although with that. But feeds he into but it, it, obviously. Yeah, it feeds into the Aaron, the Aaron Rodgers things. Always huge. But, um, you know, I, I and I get it. He's built up. Yeah, kudos to him, man, because he took something that was just a goofy idea uh, for the Hawks Nest podcast and such that he was doing with. Uh, AJ Hawk, and then they flipped it, and it became the Pat McAfee show. And and AJ's like, no, nah, I don't want to do all that. You know, I'll just be a part of it. And they kind of flipped it over to him. And kudos to them, man, uh, because they have blown that thing up, which is absolutely fantastic to see a dream like that come to fruition. But uh, but yeah, they the the big fish in the pond has been getting uh, Aaron Rodgers on weekly, without a doubt. Um. Sam says, have you always been a Packers fan or did you grow up rooting for the Bengals? No, I, I both, actually. my my And I've I explained this before. My mom and dad, um, my dad was a football fan. Now, the Packers and the Bears were hugely dominant, okay? My dad grew up in Indiana. My mom grew up in Cincinnati. Uh, my dad was not a Bears fan, okay? Not at all. My my dad always thought that Bart Starr was a really he loved Lombardi and my dad th- always thought Bart Starr was a really classy guy. So whenever the Packers were on, remember this is not like you know going back into the seventies and the eighties. Uh, we didn't didn't have cable, you know. So if you got a uh, you know a nationally televised Packers game, it was somewhat rare because the Packers were not good then. Remember, you would get the rivalry games. You would get the Packers and Bears, you would get Packers and Tampa Bay back in the old division. 
but you would not get Packers games on the regular. But when they were on, oh my God, it was must see TV in my house. So, and I have, I, I don't know, I'd have to go down and find it, I guess. I think I still have some pictures. But in my bedroom, I had a miniature, the old, where it had the word Bengals on it. I had the old Bengals helmet, and then I had a Packers helmet. Uh, my dad bought me a Packers helmet, and I, I had a Colts helmet because I was, you know, always taught about how great Johnny Unitas was, too. So I had a Colts helmet. And uh, so when we played in the street, I would wear one of the three that day, depending on who, you know, I wanted to be, so to speak. But, uh, no, I always grew up Packers. And my mom, uh, and I hate to bore you with this, but my mom was, uh, you talk about a hardcore Catholic. My mom was 530 in the morning, church, uh, four or five days a week, Sunday mass. You know, there's no swearing in the house. There's, I mean, none of that. None of the Lord's name in vain. You know, you know the commandments. You know, you say your prayers at night, say your prayers before dinner. That was my mom. My mom was an Irish Catholic. I mean, hardcore Irish Catholic. So when um, when I, I really started following sports, and my dad always followed sports, my dad was a, a, a track, uh, he was a track star in Indiana and a, a running back um, in, in high school. And my dad had actually set some records playing football. And so my dad was always into sports. But when you had uh, Digger Phelps at Notre Dame, my mom was obviously wildly Catholic, so we followed Notre Dame basketball. And my mom loved Al McGuire. You know, obviously Marquette, Jesuit school. My mom loved Al McGuire. I mean, I remember sitting there watching Al McGuire, rooting for Al McGuire to win uh, the national title, and then he did. And, you know, all, all of that celebration and such, too. So, and then we had, uh, you know, Xavier University, which was a Jesuit university in the area that we, we paid attention to. Uh, Bob Stack, though, was the coach, and they weren't, they weren't that good. They were, they were okay, but they never really got national notoriety the way Marquette did. So I followed Marquette basketball, and I followed DePaul. You know, I, I go back to, like I said, Notre Dame, DePaul. Indiana, my dad loved Indiana basketball and Bobby Knight. My dad loved Bobby Knight. My mom couldn't stand him because he would swear and yell and be angry and all that stuff. So, But, yes, to answer your question, I always grew up a Packers fan. Uh, it was always in our household. And I had the three helmets. I had the Bengals helmet, I had the Colts helmet, and I had the Packers helmet. Always. So, to answer your question, yes. Uh, 877-867-1670. Uh, Zach says, uh, when it comes to Aaron Rodgers, you're not going to get back what you think you're going to get back. Uh, you're not getting a first round pick, let alone multiple first round picks. And you're not getting multiple seconds either. Maybe a second and a fourth or a second and a player. You might get a conditional pick if he stays a second year, but if he can't even decide, and, and you're right, if he can't decide to come back for one year, there's no way you're going to get two first-rounders for a guy that may only play one year. This is, that's why people, I think, are somewhat delusional. That, you know, unless a team is right now, right here, today, ready to fly, like you have got all the pieces in place, you're, you're not getting two first-rounders and players and two second-rounders. What are you smoking, for a year? And I get it because um, you, you look at Ham. Ham says, well, look what they got for Russell Wilson. But Russell Wilson's younger. He's going to play longer. There's no, there's no question as to how long Russell Wilson's going to play, at least three, four, five more years, unless injuries take him out. Rodgers is deciding t today whether he wants to come back for another year. 
You know, so no, you, you, I agree with you. You're not going to, I think there's some delusional uh, stuff there. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Um, yeah, this is Up North Wisco says, uh, the to blindly say keep 12 for another season means you have studied the graphics. Um, It's not blindly. It's not blindly. Okay, let me let me throw this out there. All right, for the people that are arguing this point, whether to trade them or keep them, uh, are you trading him because you're tired of the saga, or are you trading him trading him because you know this team cannot win with him? Right. Here here's the one that gets under my saddle. Joe says, trade him. He's injury prone, always hurt. Are you crazy? Injury prone? What what do you you know, he he hasn't missed games. So what are you talking about? We've seen ankle sprains and shoulder issues. Jalen Hurts, does that make him injury prone? Another ankle sprain? For Patrick Mahomes, is he injury prone? No. That's a dumb statement. He broke his thumb. Still played. Didn't miss a game. Injury prone means you're down all the time and you can't be on the field. Sammy Watkins, injury prone. You know Randall Cobb's always going to miss games. Injury prone. Right? You, You know that. He's not leaving the game because of concussion. He's always available. Being available all the time is not injury prone. That's the that's the, the one of the dumbest statements you can possibly make. And you actually typed it out and then hit enter. Injury prone it, to to me is missing games. To you, maybe he gets nicked up, but every quarterback in the league does. There is not one quarterback, maybe other than Brock Purdy that by the time this season ends is not banged up in some way, shape, or form, has had a bruised knee, has had a bruised thigh, has had a bruised calf, has had an ankle sprain, has had a pinky, a finger, something. Nobody comes through a season and goes, ah, I feel great. Let's, let's go. Here we go. And nobody does that. Nobody. Uh, and you're right, Brett, with all the rules that protect the quarterback, you know, it's it's not a huge factor anymore because quarterbacks are so well protected. I mean, they go down, don't get me wrong, especially when you're a running quarterback. But, you know, Rodgers is, you know, the only time he gets banged up is if he gets hit weird in the pocket or maybe takes a hand off a helmet or something like that. Otherwise, just come on. Um, Jason says, isn't the franchise and the NFL, didn't they have more stability versus the 80s? What are the real chances franchise goes into a tailspin for 20 years? Um, Jason, it, it is 100% on the general manager. 100%. You can buy players now. It, put it this way. If you mismanage the salary cap, you pick up free agents that don't help you, and your drafts are poor, oh, you can have 10 years of inequity. Look at the Jets. How many? How long have the Jets been trying to find a quarterback? 
Think about that. How long have the Jets been, you know, they get there, they start to look good, and then all of a sudden they just they, they go right into the crapper. How long have the Jets been looking? Just, just the Jets, for example. How long has Cleveland been looking for sustainability? It's been a long time since Jacksonville's been back to the postseason, right? The Raiders have been up and down. Indianapolis, since Peyton Manning left, they, you know, they had with Andrew Luck a couple of good seasons, but that was it. You know, Detroit's been bad forever. I mean, come on. Don't say, oh, come on, it's easy. No, it's not. Those franchises would kill for the success that the Packers have had. They'd kill for it. So, no, it's not easy. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Hey, our friends over at Quick Trip, uh, really, uh, last night uh, I did go out, stopped at Quick Trip, and on the way I, uh, I picked up a uh, one of those take-home meals. Oh, my God, those things are good. Take-home meals are awesome, man. If you're looking for uh, pot roasts, roast beef, uh, the chicken tenders are awesome. I, I, that, that chicken, I'll put up against any chicken out there. I'll put it up against Popeye's. I'll put it up against churches. I'll put it up against KFC. Oh, my God, it's so good. You can get some chicken tenders and a thing of mashed potatoes, corn, and come home and have a meal. It, the take-home meals are, are awesome at Quick Trip. Stop in. Use your Quick Rewards card. They've got everything. That's our friends at Quick Trip. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back. Good to have you. Bill Michael Show continues on. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends out of Wisconsin, Harley-Davidson. Go to WISHD.com. That's WISHD.com. Riding season is going to be here sooner than you think. you got to be prepared. Go to WISHD.com, Highway 67 in Oconomowoc, just south of 94, right behind the Dockhound Stadium. Again, go to Harley-Davidson, WISHD.com. That is WISHD.com. Give us a shout uh, if you choose to do so. And uh, talking now to Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus, joining us on the hotline. Brent, how you doing today? I'm doing great. How you doing? We're doing good. So how many times have you looked at, broken down, rebroken down, looked at trade possibilities, non-trade possibilities, pre-June 1st, post-June 1st, and all the other stuff regarding Aaron Rodgers' contract? I would guess probably as many times as uh, any, anybody else on, uh, on the planet, you know, with obviously with the work I do with the salary cap and contracts and trade values and all those things. Uh, I, I think I have a pretty good grasp on Aaron Rodgers' situation. So you tell me what what exactly if if they decide because there's all the talk today about whether or not he's going to be traded away and who he's going to go to. So you tell me what ramifications there are if the Packers do indeed trade him. Yeah, so they would be left with a forty point three million dollar dead cap charge, which would be the second largest uh, behind Matt Ryan this past off season by a couple hundred thousand dollars, but. The very interesting thing here with the way that Rodgers' contract is structured is that number actually increases. If they keep him on the roster one more year, it would then balloon about $68 million because this, this, this option he has, the option bonus in his contract for this upcoming season, about $58.3 million. If they exercise it, it gets prorated and pushed out over the next couple of years of the deal. Um, but then, of course, if he retires or leaves or whatever – after this upcoming season, um, that would all become dead cap. So this is the offseason. If they wanted to make a trade, um, this is the offseason to do it. 
So, okay, let's say they don't. Let's say they say, nope, we're going to run this legacy thing through. What are the ramifications if they keep them? Yeah, so then at that point, they would go ahead and exercise that option, which, which converts that $58 million from, from a, a salary into the bonus. They can push it out over the rest of the cap. Um, his cap number in 2023 would be just about $31 million, um, You know, not a huge number when you're considering he's making about $60 million in cash on the year. Um, and, and then basically you're essentially saying, hey, we're going all in. Like you said, we're completing this legacy. We're not doing the Brett Favre rally. We want to see this all the way through. And I think where it gets interesting is you probably then decline the fifth-year option on Jordan Love. You know, I don't know if you were going to exercise it regardless, but I think you're more likely to then decline it. And you're essentially saying, you know, 2024 and 2025 are probably us just gutting this roster and overhauling it and getting younger um, and, and cheaper pretty much across the board. Is this the only year then basically you're able to run it back? Yeah, I mean, you could try in 2024 again, but at that point, it's, you know, A, Rodgers himself, you know, who knows, obviously, back-to-back MVP, still a good player, but maybe, you know, at 41 years old, you start to see some signs of decline. But then also, by 2024, I mean, we're talking about Preston Williams, David Bakhtiari, a lot of the guys in the secondary, like, really any player, Devondre Campbell, you know, Aaron Jones, like, like so many of the current important impact players are probably either not going to be there or not going to be, you know, high impact players. And then you're just counting on growth from young guys, which look, they always get, they're obviously one of the better drafting teams in the NFL. And they do have some young talent in the fold, especially with the extra draft capital from trading away Devontae Adams. But, you know, we're, we're talking about a team that we might not even recognize at a lot of key spots outside of the obvious names like Jerry Alexander, Rashawn Gary, and so on and so forth. So if you were the general manager of this team, without a doubt, you would be trading Aaron Rodgers away this year, this offseason. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a tough question. I, I think I would very strongly consider it. Um, I, I think the thing here that's interesting to me is where the value on this trade is actually going to come in and, and whether that is the impediment that, that stops this from happening. Because, you know, everyone's going to mention the Russell Wilson trade or, or any other number of quarterback trades in recent years. But the thing is... No one made a trade for a 39-year-old going to be 40-year-old that is owed $60 million next year and might walk away after that, right? Like, you might be trading for a one-year $60 million contract, and as bad as Russell Wilson was, um, you know, at least with him, it's, hey, this is a three- to five-year endeavor. You know, worst-case scenario, it's a three-year endeavor. It looks like we're maybe in a worst-case scenario, but... That's the tough part for me is we're seeing now they want two firsts and all those things. And look, I projected the trade at two firsts as well when I, when I you know, put that out there a couple months ago. But I, it's going to be scary for some teams if they, if they have to deal with this year-to-year commitment thing where Rodgers flirts with retirement. That's a scary proposition if you're going to give up this much capital um, to go get him and not know anything beyond 2023. See, that's what I've been saying is that why in the world, if I'm a team, am I giving up two ones or, or two ones and a two and current play? Why, why am I doing that for a guy that's not even sure if he's coming back this season? You know what I mean? And then no, I, it takes because yeah. his, his argument has been forever that he's got to get on the same page with people. So you're looking for him to come pack, come in and make an impact right now. As opposed to, well, I got to get on the same page. I need to trust these guys. I need to do this. And he, well, it's like, are you kidding me? Why would I do that? Why would I give up that much? No, it's a very good point. Um, you know, about the chemistry and developing, you know, the trust and all those things. You're right. He kind of says those things, you know, in, in a way to help get his friends on the roster and stuff like that. But if you're in another team, you again, it's kind of a red flag. Okay, so are you saying that 
the first year in the system maybe isn't going to go that well. And all I'm guaranteed of is the first year in the system, like we're talking about. And anything beyond that is really up, you know, up to his uh, decision. So I think that is where, for me, maybe the market is not going to be as robust as people think. You know, I would, the name we're of course hearing over and over again right now is the New York Jets, and I do think. They're the perfect mark, so to speak, uh, because they've just flunked twice on the early draft pick route. They, they're probably so inclined to go the veteran route, give their fans something to cheer for, and they have a good young team everywhere else that I think you drop Rodgers on this roster, and they should be a playoff team right away. But it's still, you know, it, it, it still is. It carries a lot of downside risk, no question. Yeah, I uh, I still, uh, for whatever reason, I get the sense that the Packers want him back. They want to run it back one more time. Uh, but I just don't know what the ramifications will be by the time Jordan Love actually takes over, what kind of a team they're actually going to have. Because at that point in time, I get the sense that you're not reloading, you're rebuilding at that point, right? Yeah, no, it, it definitely, you know, when you're not paying that quarterback top dollar, you still do have to, you know, make some decisions and figure some things out. But because of their approach specifically, where you're always making – you know, eight-plus draft picks a year. You have all those surplus-value guys that are going to play on those rookie deals and, and give you important snaps. We already saw it this year. Some guys like Zach Tom that could maybe fill in going forward. Obviously, the first-round picks. And, you know, Quay Walker needs to obviously clean up some, some, some issues outside of football, but I think is going to be a very good young player. Um, you know, we'll see about Devontae Wyatt and so on and so forth. But, yeah, it, it's not going to be some colossal multi-year teardown rebuild if you get rid of Rodgers and, and, and hand the reins to love um, and, and then try to add to that because you then, you know, moved on from Devontae Adams before a big payday and, and, and gave Rodgers the one-year big payday but then got out relatively clean, it, it, it kickstarts the rebuild very much quicker than if you kept him aboard one more year. So, okay, here, here's my next question. So if the Packers, if the Packers knew this deal was going to be this, then why did they do it? I'll tell you, it's, you know, uh, it's it, the, the funny thing is it gets reported as a three-year, $150 million new contract. And realistically, it was like a two-year, $124 million extension. Like, if you really broke it down the same way we break down every other deal, it, it's an astronomical contract. He basically was owed $50 million over two years, and now he's owed 150 over three. So you could also say you characterize it as a one-year, $100 million deal where you fully guarantee everything. I mean – you know, uh, it's a great question. For me, I kept saying, and now I don't know if I believe this because he looked good against Philadelphia and all those things, but to me it was, okay, they clearly cannot think Jordan Love is very good. They cannot like what they see in practice because that is, it has to be a factor into why they were leveraged so strong by Rodgers and his camp into this deal. Um, you know, I don't think that's the case anymore, or you know, at least it doesn't sound like it is, but yeah, trust me, I was trying to poke holes and ask questions it is one of the strongest deals for a player we've seen in a long time. You know, coming off the back-to-back MVP, all those things. He he used every bit of leverage he had at his disposal and did very, very well for himself. Well, that's that's what I'm saying. I mean, I, I, I get the fact that they wanted to make sure he was happy and there was a legacy tied to this. I understand all of that. But the, the, first of all, I have not heard anything other than the Peter King write-up that would even suggest the the two ones. It doesn't sound like the Packers are talking, so to speak, like they're saying, hey, we're actively shopping him. It just sounds like a lot of speculation on a lot of people's parts at this point, right? It does, although I did see there was a report, you know, Adam Schefter saying that, 
They're going to be open to moving him. They would prefer an AFC team over an NFC team. Like, I think we're hearing just a little bit of rumbling, you know, of, hey, it's possible. But, again, as you know all too well, it could be nothing. It could be people just searching for off-season storylines. I highly doubt they're shopping him. Um, I think it would have to be a mutual thing where they both agree to part ways. And by my count, I, I would imagine he hasn't even told them what he, what he wants to do going forward, whether that's play football, play football in Green Bay, or play football elsewhere. But the thing that's interesting is, you know, you mentioned the June 1 and all that when I first came on, and I get asked all those questions. Look, with a franchise quarterback, particularly one of Aaron Rodgers' caliber on his contract, this is going to get figured out before the league year begins. There is no June 1. There's none of that. This will be done by March you know, 13th at the latest. And so that's why I think maybe we're hearing about it right now because there's about a month-long window for this to get done. So, but the ramifications are if you trade in prior to June 1st, there's a whole lot of money that's owed. So, yes. So you have the $40 million dead cap, like I mentioned. But, it, look, it, no team is going to wait until June 2nd to have their quarterback you know, on their roster. You, have, you need to know what you're going to do in free agency, in the draft, how you're going to allocate your resources, how you're going to you know, budget your cap. Like there, it's, just, it's just not a reality. I got asked that last year with Matt Ryan as well. Oh, but if they wait until June 2nd, then they can do yada, yada, yada. Yeah, no, no team is going to wait to trade for Aaron Rodgers until June 2nd. He, if he's getting traded, it will be before March 13th or, or on March 13th. That's the other question, because if if you do it prior to that, then you have that huge salary hit, and and you may get something back. You may get in one. I mean, who knows? But, you know, but you're also starting the, the salary year, the business year, $40 million less when everybody else is at like $225 million. You're at $185 million. You know, you 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 yeah. all of a sudden have to start doing some backtracking. No doubt about it. And this is why, you know, we, we hear, especially you know, in, my, in my role, you know, fans say, oh, you know, look at the Rams, look at these teams, look at the Saints. Like, the cap's fake. You can do whatever the heck you want. There's no ramifications. All these teams do it, and it never matters. And then, no, it does. <laughs> uh, it's a credit card. It is a the salary cap is a credit card. Eventually, the bill comes due, and eventually you're going to have to deal with that. And that's why the Atlanta Falcons have been awful for two years. That's why the Saints have missed the playoffs for two years and are probably still going to stink for a couple more years. Um, that's why the Rams are in a precarious situation right now as well. You can get away with it for a couple years, or if you, you know, Philadelphia, if you if you fall into Jalen Hurts as your quarterback, that is kind of the the true way to, to find your way through it um, is to have you know one of the cheapest quarterbacks in the NFL um, and, and enable you to kind of balance your budget elsewhere. But yeah, no, that this this is what you sign up for when you keep pushing cap down the line and, and just you know kind of going all in, so to speak, or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, like you said, you start $40 million behind, um, you know, what, 15% of the entire year's cap um, is already gone to someone not on the roster, and, and that's where you're at. But I still go back to something you said, and I think it's where I'm at as well, and I don't think people, uh, as many people are there, but it's whether or not you believe Jordan Love is the real deal. Because if you don't, and we have seen two series in Philadelphia that looked good, total of nine passes, and then we saw a game against Kansas City last year in which he played an entire game and looked terrible, and then a half against Detroit that he played at the end of the season last year, knew he was going to play, and still did not look good. If you believe Jordan Love's a real deal, then you can go ahead and make this deal. But if you, if you have any questions and you don't think he's the real deal and you've invested all this time in him you're not even ready to make a decision on him yet – I just can't see the Packers going, oh, yeah, we'll get rid of Aaron Rodgers and take our last legitimate shot at winning a championship for the next year, throw it away, we'll throw the cap to the wind, the next two, three years with Jordan Love are going to be terrible anyway, and we're going back into anonymity. I just I, I can't imagine they're going to do that. 
Right. And that's where I came back to is like, I'm not trying to make assumptions or, you know, know what's going on in practice or in training camp or whatever, but that's just where your mind has to wander to based on how they've played this, you know, the last couple off seasons. So in a way you also, if they do pull the trigger could say, okay, you know what? Maybe love took that leap in the third year and started to look really good. And the game's slowing down for him. He's, you know, identifying coverages better and, you know, sounds like he has a better grasp of the playbook and opposing defenses and all these things. You could probably tell yourself, okay, that's probably the case if they do pull the trigger on a trade. But like you said, if they're not there and don't feel that way, yeah, they're, they're basically just giving up on 2023 if they do move on from Rodgers because they're not going to get another quarterback in the building. Um, and at that point, you know, if he's not good enough to kind of overcome some of the you know weak spots on the roster, um, it, it could be an ugly season again. Yeah, no doubt about it. Brad, I appreciate it as always, man. Thanks so much for kind of breaking it down and making a little bit more sense out of it, okay? Of course. Yeah, you've got one. Appreciate it, buddy. Talk to you soon. There you go. Brad Spielberger, Pro Football Focus, PFF underscore Brad. PFF underscore Brad. He does this for a living. He also is part of OverTheCap.com, so you can read that stuff there. But, uh, again, PFF underscore Brad and hit him up. So if you believe Jordan Love is the real deal, then, as he says, if you really think he's the real deal, then you go ahead and make the deal. You go ahead and say, Aaron, this is what we're going to do. This is what we're thinking about, you know, and then go ahead. If not, you run it back for one more year. After that, things begin to get lean. Things begin to get lean. And I'll say this, and you don't have, um, you'll have my, you know, respect, so to speak, I guess. But for people that were screaming last year, it's time to trade, it's time to trade, it's time to trade, time to get rid of them, blah, blah, blah. You know, if next year is not a success, probably have to look at all you people and go, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Hindsight being what it is, for people that were screaming last year saying time to trade, you might be right. 877-867-1670. Good stuff from Brad Spielberger. 877-867-1670. Hey, this portion of the program brought to you by our friends uh, over there at Lisa Lee Ortel Real Estate. Now, she can help you with a lot of your real estate needs. And whether you're looking to buy or sell or invest in a property, you can follow her on Facebook. Check her out via email, lisamoveswi at gmail.com. Get a hold of her, lisamoveswi at gmail.com, or just simply call uh, anywhere in the uh, in the state, but call her 414-617-6798, 414-617-6798. They work with VA loans, also a certified condo specialist. So she can do a lot of different things and try to help you out. And if she can't, she'll refer to people who can. But she does great work, 414-617-6798, 414-617-6798. Lisa Lee Ortel Real Estate they do fantastic work here in the state of Wisconsin. And again, specialize in VA loans, condo specialists, whether it's investment properties, buying, selling, whatever you need. Again, call 414-617-6798. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.